0: Audio versions of the show are available on my website at podcast.robohara.com or through iTunes. Just search for Rando Rob. Thanks for watching or listening, and I hope you enjoy this vintage episode of Rando Rob. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Randall Rob. This is the first Randall Rob of 2022. It's hard. You know, every time I type it, I type (laughs) 20202, I type 2022, which is incorrect. We won't be having a five-year, five-digit year for about 8,000 years, I believe, just a little under 8,000 years. What uh, what mug do we have this one? This is um, uh, a mug from Antique Archaeology, and it has the uh, city and state there, which is LeClaire, uh, Iowa, and then there's another one in Nashville, Tennessee. If you watch uh, American Pickers, this is the real store, the Antique Archaeologists, uh, uh, Mike. This is the, no, not Mike, uh, the other guy. Uh, anyway, I haven't finished my coffee, obviously, but a few years ago, uh, my wife and I and daughter met my aunt from Chicago, uh, just outside while we stayed in LeClaire, Indiana, because, uh, a few miles away, Paul McCartney was playing. And uh, my aunt in Chicago is a huge Paul McCartney fan. And by the way, this is all off the top of my head. This was not what I planned on talking about this morning. Uh, my wife is a huge, or uh, my, uh, well, uh, they're all, they're all Beatles fans. And I grew up, and I loved the Beatles. Uh, my, my dad uh, pretty much required listening around our house was um, uh, Abbey Road. You know, the the later, the big stuff, the Abbey Road, the Sergeant Pepper, uh, the white album, uh, my, uh, uh, we listen to those on road trips now. Like when we take road trips, uh, with our kids or just my wife and I, we will put those albums on and listen to them. And, uh, so we all grew up listening to the Beatles. We all enjoy the Beatles and, uh, I had a great, uh, uh, time of the concert, seeing Paul McCartney, and we had a great time going to Antique Archeology span and looking around and seeing they have all kinds of stuff that they've bought from the show or on the show uh, that you can see that they've fixed up. There's a an episode, well, I was going to say there's an episode where he buys a motorcycle, but I think there's a thousand episodes where he buys a motorcycle, but there's some motorcycles in the shop. There's some neon signs, um, and everything's for sale. Um, we went to years ago, we went to, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's like number one pawn, gold and silver pawn or something, but it is the show, um, that is the basis for pawn stars, the, uh, quote unquote reality show. And we went there like really before it had, uh, I won't say before it had got popular, but before it really blew up, we were in Vegas. We decided to go. And uh, you have to line up on the sidewalk and they let people in and then basically you are paraded around the store single file line. You have to stay behind these velvet ropes. And the one thing everybody kept whispering and asking was, where's the people from the show? And You know, now you can look this stuff up on Google. I'm sure that's probably where I found the information. But we found out that nobody from the show was ever there. They don't even really work there. Um, Sometimes they come in. We went a second time when we went to Vegas to go see Guns N' Roses during their residency at the Hard Rock Cafe. We went, and there was a Maserati out back, and someone said that was Chumley's car, uh, but he may or may not have been there and he certainly wasn't inside the part of the store that you could see, uh, as a customer. <clears throat> so it, it's very, um, and also the part of the pawn shop that operates as a pawn shop is not where you think it is by watching the show. Like, um, the, the counter that you see on the show where people come up, that's not like an actual functional counter when we were there. Uh, it's just to look at memorabilia more or less. Um the part that's a like a day-to-day uh the the store's kind of L-shaped and the small part of the L towards the bottom over in that area is where the pawn shop part operates and you never see that on television. So it turns out reality television, not that real. <laughs> but um uh this uh the antique archaeology place was uh, fun to go to. And they said that uh, the guys this of course would back they were all getting along, guess they're not getting along anymore but, um, they said, uh, that, that he would come in uh, once or twice a week. It just so happened that he did not come in on a day that we were there, but, um, and there wasn't a lot like that I would buy, you know, all these places, boy, am I going down a rabbit hole? Uh, when, when we went to Pawn Stars, we thought, well, if there's a small item, I might buy it. Well, there's no small items. What there are were Pawn Stars t-shirts, Pawn Stars water bottles, Pawn Stars uh, bobbleheads, Pawn Star posters, Pawn Star, you know, that's what they're selling. So when you go there as a tourist, uh, you're not buying something that somebody pawned in. I suppose you could, but but that's what they're trying to sell you. And the uh, antique archaeology was a little bit like that. They had t-shirts, they had, um, uh, you know, stuff tied to the show but there were there were things that you could you could totally get but a different clientele cuz now we're talking restored antiques so several hundred dollars versus um, uh, although most of the things on pawn stars are also $700 or several, several hundred dollars. I should really finish my coffee before I do these. So um anyway this is uh the first rando rob of the year. I literally, uh, now I'm still slowly the, the shelves behind me are put together as I try to make myself look like I don't have bedhead. Uh, the shelves behind me are now assembled. I still need the topper pieces. I still need to go back to Ikea and get the one more shelves to go on top, but I'm slowly bringing things in, uh, and putting them on the shelves. It's going great. I'm having a good time doing it. Uh, over the past week, while I was off work, I rearranged things a little bit in here. I used to have uh, about a ton of these Ikea white tables, and I used to have it in this kind of a big L-shaped thing, but I had to move stuff because of uh, where the shelves are. And so I took two of the tables, and I built an island over here in the middle of the room. So there's um, a lot of space, like, uh, I don't know, four or five feet all the way around all the sides of the island. So... Uh, uh, so it's not, you know, in the way you can. so now I can walk straight here to get to the shelves. I can walk over to these bookshelves. I could go around the table that way and I can be on it. That. That's the definition of uh, all four sides, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but I moved my work computer over here behind me, which I just booted up and I'll be, uh, uh, using very shortly. Oh, that's weird. that There's like a little part of the work computer that, uh, can't tell if it's a reflection or if it's something actually coming through the, uh, the green screen that's well, not really a green screen, that's weird um, anyway so hope that doesn't really block too much of the the view, and um, you know what? I also have. If you remember on the show, I used to have uh, these LED light bulbs that changed colors. I have a lamp here with three outlets, or bulb, whatever you call it. Yeah, I guess outlets, and uh, another lamp over there with another three. And with my phone, I could change and change the 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 mood. I guess the you know kind of the view by making the room different colors and stuff. Uh, I've owned the light bulbs for right at a year and a half and just a little under a year and a half. And, uh, at about 15 months, one of the bulbs went bad and between 15 and 18 months now, five of the six have gone bad. Um, and they're, I mean, they're not super expensive, but they're expensive. I mean, they're 10 bucks a bulb or something. So I'm expected them to last more than a year and a half. Um, I, it's really wouldn't be convenient for me to do that led lighting all around the entire room i really like that that lamp idea so i mean i may i'm gonna have to upgrade but it's gonna be like a 100 bucks or something to get six bulbs that are uh, better quality so uh, maybe i'll do that soon uh, by the way if you don't have it within arm's reach, but if you don't read the Patreon uh, messages, but you do watch this for some reason, with uh, last month's Patreon funds, I bought a new microphone, I bought a audio interface, and I bought a mixer. Two of the three of those are here, but the mixer is not, and I need all three to change things. But I've been talking to Sean, my co-host on Throwback Reviews, and Sean is a um, just a, a audio wizard when it comes to the types of equipment things and he's got a sound on his podcast that i'm so jealous of his sound just sounds so good and uh you know i've been working with him because this room just gives me a lot of echo it gives me weird stuff i've done everything i can really um and uh he said you know it's probably the type of microphone and stuff so uh, that's like all the um patreon funds uh for for last month and and bleeding over into another month pretty much went to audio upgrades so you won't hear it on this yet and you won't hear it on this week's uh podcast this week's episode of sprite castle but uh you will hear it in the near future hopefully you'll hear a uh, a little bit of a different sound so i'm looking forward to that looking forward to uh you know I I always enjoy taking the the money from Patreon and and putting it i was going to say dumping it but dumping it has a a negative connotation but but reinvesting it into the podcast and the um you know different different parts that that keep the engine running so I'm looking forward to uh getting all that stuff set up <clears throat> Boy have I rambled I can I can ramble So anyway um For this uh, week's episode of Rando Rob, I did not randomly walk over to uh, those four shelves back there. I randomly walked over to these three shelves. Now, you can't see them. They're not in shot. But uh, some of the shelves over here are more functional. There's a small area of DVDs. There's a couple different areas of uh, books there's a few overflow for the lunchbox collection so there's just some random things on these shelves the shelves over here look exactly like those shelves except for they're one shelf taller um but there's also several shelves over there of uh computer software there's com- boxed uh, commodore 64 games there's some old boxed vintage dos games um and um Uh, one of them, when I walked over there, caught my eye that, uh, kind of reminded me of a fun story. And so that's what I grabbed. And so let me pull that up here and this is a big, heavy box release called trivia fever. Now the funny thing about this, uh, well, let's get into it. This version is for the Commodore 64, as you can see there. Uh, This is not, this is one of two copies, boxed copies of this game that I own, and this is not the first copy. The first copy I owned was for the Apple II, which came from my parent's store. We've talked about the store, uh, Yukon Software, and this was a a game that they carried uh so they had when the store closed most of the things went into basically a fire sale just trying uh to recoup their losses but uh one whatever didn't sell after that either got sold at garage sales or you know just kind of tossed or whatever and so that's where my original copy of trivia fever came from it uh didn't sell in the store. It didn't sell in the store it closed. It didn't sell after that. And eventually it was in the sitting in the garage and uh, I just kind of uh, acquired it. So on the back, you can see a little bit about this game. This is a trivia game. Of course, trivia games in the 1980s were all the rage uh, because uh, Trivial Pursuit, which is why I added the picture there. So you can see uh, there's a picture of, uh, gosh, just people having a good time. And then there's uh, some of the things that are in the box. You can see there's, a, uh, you know, the spinner, and there's the disc, and there's all that stuff, right? And then down at the bottom, it shows some examples of the game. Now, if you're not really paying attention, first of all, this box is heavy. This box, like, has some some weight to it. There's obviously things in here more than just a floppy disc. And so uh, I will open this because this is like a vintage copy. So, first of all, uh, obviously, if it's a computer game, it's going to have a floppy disk, Trivia Fever, right? Um, But there's a couple of interesting things. And this copy, literally, I don't think was ever played. Um, Here's a customer safety note that says, for safety's sake, as with any other materials, please do not throw or flip the Trivia Fever category selector from player to player. Uh, Apparently... That was um, so important that they needed to include this uh, separate printed piece of paper. And there's a uh, customer note here. And it says, uh, it says note, please note that Trivia Fever should take less than two minutes to load once the message, please wait while loading, is displayed. Um, but if it takes more than three minutes, uh, it says, please restart and load it again. Uh, and it says uh, it talks about disk drive, floppy disk drive compatibility, um, which is something that you ran into if you had a non-name brand or an off-brand or third-party floppy drive. Sometimes it was not compatible uh, with games that had copy protection. Now, this is where things start to get a little interesting. There is a physical spinner here, and you could see you would you would spin this thing and uh, uh, go wild. Now. Why would you need a spinner for a computer game? Well, that's a, oh, email's going off. Uh, That's interesting to get into. There's a, also, here is an entire booklet of trivia tally sheets to keep track of scores and things like that. Why? Because the game does not save that information. So, When you fire up this game and you play, uh, you tell it how many people you want or whatever, and it will show you uh, the board, and then it says uh, spin the actual spinner. And so you spin the spinner, and that tells you what category to move to. Now, that kind of seems to... Uh, go against what a computer game is <laughs> that we would think of as a computer game. You would think that that would be uh, built into the software, right? A random spinner. But no, they included a physical spinner. So when you move to a piece, uh, to a board thing, and like let's say you move to entertainment, it says, now ask a question from the giant q and trivia book that is included. And there are colored tabs, if you can see that, uh, so that you can flip to the right category, and it will say, you know, go to this page. And the pages look just like, uh, essentially, Trivial Pursuit cards uh, with questions and answers. And so there's also in here, down in here, there's more things. Uh, there's a manual. This is a... Uh, uh, Notice that it says guidelines for play with or without a computer. Now, this is very interesting to me. Uh, Also, down here, before we get too far, uh, you can see that you have uh, uh, bookmarks. Now, you know what? Something's really weird with the camera screen. I've never seen this. Something has changed on OBS uh, because this is bright green. (laughs) And on the video, it's black and it's see-through. Oh, because it's a green screen. And I did do that. Let's see what this yellow one looks like. Yeah, well, you could kind of see through that. This is the weirdest thing. I've never had this happen before. This is red. Uh, But anyway, yeah. So um, uh, this uh, Q&A book, right? This is your your trivia game. Now, let's get back to what this says on here. Uh, Trivia Fever's Book of Questions and Answers Uh, And it says thousands of challenging questions, blah, 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 blah. Um, But I want to mention this again. Uh, Guidelines for play with or without a computer. So apparently the people who made this game, the company who made this game, um, weren't either weren't convinced that it would, Uh, that they would recoup their losses or make a profit by making a computer trivia game, or they were trying to do one of two things or it's possible. uh, I don't really know, but it's possible that they had a trivia game already. And then they decided to incorporate it into the computer. So the actual game on the disc doesn't really do that much. It kind of graphically represents where you are on a board uh, and moving around, but that's kind of it the your movement is determined by the spinner the uh, not only your movement but the categories are determined by your spinner and the questions and answers come from this book so it's a very strange idea Um, again my family uh everybody in my family loved playing games and we loved uh especially we all love trivia. We would watch Jeopardy. I watch uh Jeopardy with my wife and my daughter t- now like we DVR we just save the last 10 episodes so anytime somebody goes out there uh we can we can go through uh, uh uh you know several episodes of Jeopardy and um and binge watch that. So so we're a trivia family. We love game shows and we love um really Nowadays we don't play uh, board games, but but we used to. And so um, anyway, this is uh, uh, trivia fever. So here's what's interesting about this: um, when I got uh, my original copy of Trivia Fever, it's for the Apple II computer, and uh, I didn't have an Apple II computer. I had a Commodore 64, and so uh, I could. Play. Like when my friends came over, we could play, we could play trivia and do things like that, but we couldn't use the actual disc. And then, uh, years later, probably in the mid to late 90s, I was in a thrift store and I found this copy, which is the exact same thing, uh, but for the Commodore 64. And so, uh, so now I have two copies that sit side by side on the shelf one is for the Apple II, and one is for the Commodore 64. So, Now i have two copies i can play double two rounds of trivia fever so if anybody comes over and is ready for trivia um i suspect the questions uh will be a little bit dated but uh but we'll make it through so Anyway, uh, thanks, everybody, for sticking around uh, for another year. Some of you paid a year at a time, so you're sticking around for a year. (laughs) It's going to be a fun year. It's going to be a fun 2022, and I am glad. uh, If you can hear that off in the distance, my wife is making breakfast now, so that's my cue to get out of here. So Anyway, uh, thank you guys for sticking around last year and for coming back, and I hope uh, to continue to provide content that everybody enjoys listening to, uh, and occasionally watching. (laughs) So thanks everybody. I will see you all very soon.